Thank you for joining the Bevel Talk, Season 14, Episode 4, Weld Tube Special Part 4, The Art of the Puddle. Today we're talking with special guests from the Weld Tube Squad, who talk about rig welders versus specialty welders, new equipment versus old equipment, and explain different puddle characteristics. Let's get right into it. Okay, so now we're going to see if I can't get a little bit of bickering back between y'all. So, not hard. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to talk here, Jake. No, no, let him speak. Sorry. Wait, I think Jake's a Packers fan, right? No, um, Packers. (laughs) Are are we starting playing? We are leaving you here. (laughs) So, no, help me understand, um, you know, for our listeners, what's the difference between a rig welder and a specialty welder? Like, What's the real difference? Who's better? Why? Why not? Let's, let's unpack that for a minute. Oh, well, essentially, like, like it depends. Like, um, a lot of regulars are, are generally um, theoretically supposed to be the more skilled in theory uh, because they're going to all these different job sites and everything. Uh, but also, the flip of the coin is that a lot of shop welders, because they've done the same thing over and over and over again, um, a lot of rig welders go into shop and they can't do uh, the shop welding, like for production, fab, tying tie-ins uh, and alloys and exotics, you know, but there are certain uh, highly higher-skilled uh, alloy welders and pipeline welders that do run their rigs and do specialize, whether it's they specialize in, in strictly pipeline welding, whether they specialize in spe- specifically facility welding, or like, say, like TIG welding. So there are, um, you know, like a lot of high-end welders that are working in a shop are able to go off as a rig welder, but a lot of rig welders uh, may struggle in a shop because they're not they haven't done the same weld over and over and over again like a shop welder has. Is that struggle because they get bored, or what? What's the, what's that struggle? Oh, I think the struggle is that um, they're just not as practiced as, as a shop welder. Um, like I started out as a, as a shop welder, and then I had to learn how to do all the different exotics, and then I took training at JB at uh, how to learn to do all these things, and then I spent time practicing on them, and then I went out into the field. Uh, so then I was doing like tie-ins, the same kind of tie-ins I was doing at the shop, uh, or else I was doing fabbing at the like what I was doing at the shop there. So I was out in the field doing all these kind of things. But a lot of uh, um, rig welders see that the, the problem with rig welders is a lot of them they get the money, so they lose the drive to to learn how to do things because it's like, well, I can weld structural for say a hundred dollars an hour. Uh, there's no point in me learning how to do like take welding or nothing because I'll always um, there's really no incentive to them. Whereas a, a shop welder, they they um, usually they, th- they figure that the rig welder is going to be the, the top, the cream of the crop. Um, so they're always going to try and better themselves because they think that rig welding is the way to go uh, for the higher skilled. Um, that's kind of what I, what I found. But there are very highly skilled rig welders um, that usually get their name out. And they're the ones who are doing the more difficult uh, kind of welds. And there are also uh, lesser skilled uh, rig welders that are just in welding for the money. And if you are more skilled than them, they will shame you. Hey, well, that's enough, Shed. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it's about practice. He covered it. I, I tell you, the first time I talked to Travis, he almost freaked me out because he was so eloquent and he knows so much about the arc and everything that it was. I, I study it, and it was mind blowing. So. That's a universal reaction. I, man, Travis, that's a universal beast. reaction. <laughs> well, I know to your, to your last question, we were talking about arc. I was going to say, well, there's there's a buttery arc, there's a cream arc, there's a soft arc, there's a wet arc, a drier arc, a crisp arc. <laughs> I think Travis has X-ray vision. He's putting a root in, and he's just seeing right through that puddle. Yeah, that is right. And that one's good, guys. Don't worry about it. But, already you know, shot it. You know what I love about it. about hearing that though from from Travis is that yes, there is. There's all these different arcs, but depending on what industry you're in or who taught you, you might call, you know, a buttery arc 
by a different term or a wet arc by you know a soft arc versus a stiff arc. And well, but too, each one of those arcs can have, and I know Travis, you're famous for it. Certain arcs have certain applications. Certain, uh, you know, that's one thing actually with the Millers, like you said, mentioned earlier, familiar arcs. Like when you're in a shop or something, you're going to be on different machines. You're in one shop, you're, they use these machines. You're in another shop, they use that machine. Different machines in the shop, they're all well different. Um, but adapting to it and then like having um, have each arc having its application and being able to, uh, especially with the adjustment on the millers, take that, adjust the arc exactly how you want it for that application. You can dial yourself, I mean, perfectly in. Well, I know the biggest thing with like um, figuring out what kind of arc, like especially for a pulse, if you if you are going to use or implement pulse welding, uh, then you have to kind of figure out or visually what kind of uh, weld puddle you want. And then, so say if you get like a really doughy, uh, if you're kind of going for a real doughy kind of puddle, um, say if you're doing like a stainless uh, sanitary tubing, you're going to be like pulsing it. Uh, well, a doughy arc is a kind of an arc where there's a little bit of heat that lingers in the weld puddle, so it's a little bit sluggish. Um, but you'd want an arc that's um, uh, we'll say you'd have like a peak current of uh, X amount of energy that expels and then have a background current where it'll, it'll solidify the main of the puddle, but it'll kind of uh, just enough where it'll fuse the, uh, the tips of the, the bevels uh, together to just get autogenous fusion and then another snap of the energy uh, for the peak to kick in and then it'll, it'll just kind of wash that energy out and push root pass in. But uh, usually one, like there'll be like a, a buddy arc will be nice and creamy and, and flow really nice. Uh, but it could be, um, you know, if you have a doughy arc, then the heat will kind of linger back and then it, it might just like, um, uh, you know, help penetrate through a bit more. Uh, it's all to do with like like where the, the energy uh, is in the puddle, whether it's like a, a buttery arc that is very fast freeze, you know, a high peak or a low background amperage or time on uh, for what is that peak or background. Um, you know, you could always have like a really dry arc that is, or crisp, that would be just a snap energy then off really quickly. Um, just like there's different, um, basic person has to kind of figure out what kind of uh, puddle characters they want, um, kind of like what Dakota was saying. I want to jump in here. I, I want to point something out. You know, I, I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of really good welders. Also get the opportunity to work with a lot of re really good welders. But one skill set and it's, this is for, for listeners out there that are thinking about being in the welding industry or if you're a welder already, what's going to make you better? A skill set that really sets apart just kind of your average welder to a, a really good welder is that, that power of observation um, and paying attention to the details, right? So, you know, I, I, I hear you talking about all these little details in the arc, and those, those are the things that really set you apart. I mean... You, Welding can be very elemental. It can be very just, you know, get out there and burn some rod. But if you want to really excel at your craft, make it an art, right? It's all about those fine details and really developing those really fine motor skills uh, in your eyes, your hands, uh, your ears. All of those sensory, you know, skills or those, those uh, senses, right? They all combine together. And then even your 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 attitude, your mental state, right? Reading up, you know, uh, being becoming as educated as you can on the equipment, the process, right? All of those things together, that's what's going to set you apart uh, as, a, as a welder out in the industry. Arc Reach Smart Feeder delivers excellent RMD and pulsed MIG welding up to 200 feet away from the power source with no control cables, twice the distance previously possible. 
RMD and pulsed MIG processes also help reduce weld failures and eliminate backing gas on some stainless and chromoly applications. For more information, visit MillerWelds.com slash wirefeeders. I think, too, to go off that, I like, obviously, we're, uh, we're all very detail-oriented. Um, not only it makes you a better welder, but it can improve your speed. I know fab, a production situation, you don't have time to mess around. And that little 10 minutes here, five seconds there, throughout a day, you pick up a lot of time. And, I mean, Matt just whooped us today on a little competition we had. And little things, just those little, little details that doesn't seem like much. Ah, whatever. Overlook it. But uh, they add up over time. Not only quality, but production as well. And those things make you money, right? 100%. The more efficient you are, the more money you're going to be putting in your baking cap because you are getting jobs done faster, uh, moving on to the next thing, and and getting that next check. Well, I know yesterday, um, like when we were doing the pipeline demo with Cody, and he was talking about new things that are upcoming, basically. And then, uh, you know, when I was talking to him about pipeline welding, about different machines that people use, and uh, we were talking about different technologies and advancements and improvements and different ideas. And I was, I was saying, well, that when it comes to pipeline welding, I'm very familiar with the SA200s, the generators. And basically, I would say if I'm doing like a, um, a bead, say, there'd be a, a higher amperage range, lower voltage, so I get more drive, more crisp, more dig, more chew, and very fast uh, solidification of the weld puddle. Uh, but when I go to the fill pass, and I think we were on at the fill pass at the, at the time there, uh, basically the way I would do it would be, say, if I was in a third gear, um, you know, and uh, maybe 60%, then that'd be for like a 532 electrode. I could just uh, just give a little bit of arc length and same gear, same fine current adjustment, same voltage, and I can burn the 316, which basically uh, that with the uh, increase in the arc length, that increases the voltage, uh, and using larger electrode that actually softens the arc, uh, whereas the same arc characteristics would be similar to a fourth gear and 60% for the, with the 316. And um, it would be the same exact arc characteristics and same amount of drive, but it would lose the softness, which would be terrible for capping because you start undercutting everything. Um, but so if I went down to, say, uh, a third gear, or sorry, a second gear and 60%, which would be the soft, saying for a 1 8 um, X, X, uh, 10 electrode, uh, then it just increases the voltage. So I have uh, a down gear and I have this even softer characteristics. Then what I would have is third gear and 60 at 532. So I'd even softer our characters, and then I could increase the voltage that makes everything softer. And I said, Cody, how do I do this on the uh, Miller Pipe Pro 400? And the Miller Pipe Pro 400 is very, very controlled. It's very, uh, to me, it's a very synthetic. Uh, very highly controlled arc uh, because basically you can set the uh, the arc characteristics whether it's a very uh, soft or, or buttery or doughy or uh, really aggressive or um, you can set the arc characteristics that you want then you can set how much drive you want so it's actually um, very nice just to kind of well I guess banter back and forth be like yeah I'm looking for these specific arc characteristics because I'm very familiar with these specific arc characteristics and how do I set this machine too so it's kind of nice that um, he's able to explain how to set the Miller Piper 400, uh, especially for guys who are moving from one machine to another and they want to get familiar with uh, this particular machine. And the other reason why I say this uh, is because one of the welders, uh, because there's one welder who got his uh, B uh, pressure ticket in Alberta in 1967 and he had a machine. It was an SC200, it was a short hood from 1950. And he really, really wanted to try the Miller Pipe Pro 400 uh, because a friend, one of his friends in the United States uh, was telling him that uh, in order to get on these pipeline jobs, uh, you have to have the Miller Pipe Pro 400. There's no other thing, otherwise, you do not get the job. And uh, But all the guys were having a fantastic time. They absolutely loved the machine. And that's why the company said, You have to have the 
Miller Piper for honor because it's just excelling. Like it's just it's just too good of a machine to have any other machine, you know. Um, and then he really really wanted to try the Piper for hundred. So I, a friend of mine has a Piper for hundred, and I had him out bring the machine to Legion Shop. So we all got to try it. And then um, I noticed that Joe uh, he was trying to match his art characteristics of what he had on the Shore Hood to this Miller Piper four hundred. And typically, you know, uh, some guys will say, okay, it's dig setting. Well, that must be more sixty ten. So a lot of guys will kind of stiffen the art characteristics and make it for sixty ten because they figure the soft setting is for seven eighteen. Um, but he was going to the softer, softer, softer side because uh, traditionally the SA two hundred is actually a very, very gentle soft art characteristics, but they do have the drive. Um, uh, at the time, we did not speak with Cody, so we did not know what the dynamic dig saying. We didn't realize that that's actually how much drive uh, that arc characteristic has. So we're actually playing with that a little bit, uh, but we did soften the arc to where it's very nice and a little bit of runny, a little bit of liquidness, increase the volts. So it's a little bit of liquidness. So basically when he's when he's moving, it's not going to, uh, he can move any travel distance or travel speed he wants. It's not going to solidify the, the weld puddle very quickly. Um, it'll be a little bit of liquidness, so it'll flow Basically, as fast as he can move, this thing's going to flow. It's going to catch all the edges. It's not going to leave any windows. Uh, so he has a nice, soft arc that they wanted. And then we were just trying to figure out the uh, the background, how much drive this machine had. Um, it would have been better if we spoke with Cody to understand that that particular aspect. Um, but overall, like I, th- I'm, I never asked him. I liked it, but I could see that he loved it because he kept using. Oh, let me try this. Let me try this. You know, let me put another cap ass on there. Let me try this. You know. So I think he did like it. So. You know, I I always said the machine that's adaptable, right, that allows the user to be able to adjust the characteristic to the way they want it is the machine that's going to be that's going to be able to meet everybody's needs, right? Because not there's no two people that weld exactly the same, right? So if you have adjustment there, you can play with it until you figure it out. Completely customized, yeah, to your welding technique, everything. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've talked a lot about you know equipment, arc settings, arc characteristics, everything else. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little bomb out there. Okay, does new equipment and technology matter? Oh, I think so. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, Why? Makes it easier. How so? Uh, with a click of a button, you're from TIG to MIG. Uh, Right, stick. Absolutely. Yeah. Like to go back on what we were just talking about, the Pipe Pro 400. Now, on my Instagram, I actually posted this in one of my posts when we were doing the pipeline demonstration is that no matter how you weld, you can tailor that arc to your style. So on my side, I think I was like 100 on the dynamic dig and super stiff, like 25. And Dakota's on the other side doing the same exact weld with complete different parameters because we tailored it to how we like to weld, how we like to see the puddle. So yeah, you're not doing that on an old machine. No. You, here's your arc. Figure it out. Like, yeah, adapt. Yes. Yeah. So what would you say to one of the old guys that says, you know, a good welder should be able to do it on any machine, any day, everything. You just you should just be able to figure it out. He's right. Well, yeah, but I think he's right to an extent. But well, you should be able to handle any machine. Like, you know, I'm sure, uh, across the link or Miller uh, variety, some of the machines weld a little different. When you're in the field, you don't have control over what you're welding with sometimes. So being able to do it, yeah, you got to be able to do it, but you have the option with the Pipe Pro. You can still take advantage of it. Um, use it if it's there. If it's not, you still got to be able to weld, right? Well, I know that answer. There's either 
I didn't, I didn't cut you off for nothing, did I? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I know that there's two answers. When, when you have a shoulder to the holder kind of guy, you set the machine to as wet as possible and have him try and weld with it, or else you set the machine to as dry as possible. So, and you know, have him try and weld with it. And then you'll realize that there's quite different uh, problems here. One, he'll just get massive, like, uh, um, uh, too much penetration. He'll lose complete control of the, the weld puddle. It's just going to be too wet, too runny, everything. He's going to have all these problems. And the other one will be just be drying up too much and then just too many problems with that. Um, you get to then, see that drastic change. It's not, uh, or it demonstrates such a variety. Oh, yes. And then he'll realize that, he's, that he needs to be a little bit smarter than a shoulder to the older kind of welder, that every machine is very different. And the other thing is that um, uh, many years ago, I used to own a lot of the generator welding machines. Uh, but um, I could get by on, say, if I was like TIG welding, I'd get by and say like a... Um, uh, schedule 40 pipe or something, schedule, where it's just like a root pass with TIG and then maybe a fill pass with TIG and then a, a stick cap. So I'm not really getting too much use out of the machine and the machine's able to just get by. But then when I started with Legion by Fabricators, um, basically we're doing like a 52-inch 688 wall, uh, kind of like stainless 304 with 1682 filler metal. Um, so I remember I was tag teaming uh, with a welder, one of the welders named Eli, and I had my um, a generator welding machine. And... Um, uh, he had an inverter, and um, I found that uh, um, as I would increase welding current, say I'd be in third gear and 100%, I'd have a very uh, X amount of energy, but because I was at uh, uh, 100%, I had the soft arc characters that I could possibly get, which is really nice for dig welding. Uh, but I need a little bit more welding current because I'm, I'm increasing more passes and more passes. So then I had to go up another gear and then drop the, so I could get a, a similar arc, a similar welding current, but have a little bit hotter, I'd have to go up a gear and then drop the uh, fine current adjustment to where it's, I don't know, like maybe 60, 70% of the machine. Suddenly, with that arc characteristics, I did not have that nice soft uh, arc that I had at um, 100%, now I had this really stiff, driving, really aggressive arc because it changes the full-time curve. When you change that, you change the arc characteristics and the drive of the machine and all these other settings. So then it got to a point where where um, uh, I would start welding. i look at my previous past, and I was like chewing and digging. My weld puddle was like a, a triangular or um, just really aggressive dig into the parent material. Uh, so... I got rid of that machine. I, I ended up selling that thing, and I got my Dynasty 400 out, and I just run that off, um, uh, you know, a, a three-phase motor generator just to power it. And the nice thing about the inverters is that whether it has different modes and whether you're at 20 amps or 400 amps, it has the same uh, volt-amp curve, essentially, so it's not going to... It's going to have the same exact arc characteristics whether you're at 20 amps or 400 amps, uh, and it carries the same exact kind of quality of puddle all the way up. So that's the biggest difference between, well, the older technology of, the, say, the generators and the inverters is that you can change the modes and the arc, um, arc characters, the voltage curves, and how that machine um, uh, manipulates and, and controls uh, the rate of solidification and liquefaction of the weld puddle and just the overall control of how that, that weld puddle is, uh, depending on, regardless of what uh, welding current you're at. But the way I think about it, I'm going to cut you off your code for a second. The, the way I think about it is, it makes it easier to do my job, right? It makes it so that I can do a better job easier, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to kind of go along those lines and piggyback off of what Travis was saying. In the past, right, you set your machine that's going to let you do a, a decent job from root to cap, right? Uh, it's just kind of a, a general purpose. It's going to, you're going to do a pretty good job at all of those things, but where we've gone with the pipe, or at least with the with the Wick remote, where you can program your passes, right? You can optimize it for each pass and get the most out of your machine. I wanted the, the most travel speed, the most 
control, right? Uh, yeah, I want to add on to that. Sorry. Um, like Travis was talking about having to change gears and this and other stuff. Like with that wireless remote, like that's going back to your machine every time. Right. Again, those little details, those make changing efficiency. Like, cool, you got your root setting. Change it from the wireless remote. Now you get your hot pass. You're not walking. And I know that's your guys' one, uh, was it the walk or well, don't walk? Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for this. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again. To our listeners, I hope you're enjoying this and I hope you're learning as much as I am here. Um, thank you very much. We'll talk to y'all later. Thank you for listening to the Bevel Talk Season 14. Please check out all of this season's episodes featuring the Weld Tube Squad, 